0: Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Perspectives by Women in Securities Finance. This is the fourth episode in our five-part special miniseries where we hear from the leaders of Women in Securities Finance and how they got started in the industry. Today, we didn't need to go far because we are in Boston speaking with some of the other chapter leads for the Boston Group. I know these women are eager to share their stories, so let's get right into the episode. First, we have Marnie McCabe with Brown Brothers Harriman, and Marnie is the co-head of global securities lending at Brown Brothers within their investor services division. Marnie, we're very excited to hear how you found your way into this industry.
1: Securities finance definitely found me. I had spent a little bit of time in the financial services industry. I was doing sell-side research out in San Francisco, and then moved back to Boston and was a portfolio manager for a high net worth company. When a friend of mine in talent and development reached out and encouraged me to interview for a relationship management client service role for a securities lending agent. At that point in time, I had no idea what securities lending was, but took a leap of faith, went in and interviewed, loved the people. And then when I did a little bit of research was absolutely fascinated by the industry. And that really is how I ended up here 15 years later. I had spent 15 years in a client-facing role. To start, I was in client service, which allowed me to really understand the technical and tactical aspects of the industry. Servicing our clients, be working on daily inquiries. And I feel like that was a great way to learn because you're just kind of thrown into the fire, hearing what your clients are interested in. And then having to respond to them. So, just doing the creating the necessary education and awareness in order to be able to service the clients. I then moved into a relationship management role, which allowed me to get a little bit more strategic and really understand why beneficial owners engaged in securities finance. From there, I moved into more of an oversight role, having oversight responsibilities for our global client base. Again, allowing me to be more strategically placed to serve our clients' organizations across the globe, which then well prepared me for my current role, which is co head of BBH's securities lending program. What's been interesting about my current role is that I think my past experience has really prepared me to be a business owner and ensure that our business is best placed to service our clients' needs. It has also allowed me to use my knowledge of our clients to drive our business agenda, whether it be product expansion, execution. It has allowed us to really operate with our clients' best interests in mind. When I look back on my 15 years, I think I always positioned myself to take advantage of every opportunity that was thrown at me. I really invested in myself. I invested in the people around me. I consider my strength in leadership and management to be something that has helped me along the way because quite frankly, I'm always only as good as the people who are surrounding me. And I never hesitated to take on new responsibilities. I was always eager to do more, try new things as uncomfortable as it made me. I also got such excitement from that as well. And I really think that that has been very true to my success, particularly in the securities finance industry over the years.
0: Thanks, Marnie. I loved that. I especially like your comments about how you're only as good as the people around you, which I completely agree with. I think it not only makes you stronger, but it clearly makes your team strong as well, which is so important. So thanks again. I really appreciate you taking the time to tell us your story. Next up, I'm really excited to introduce you to Crystal Carroll. Crystal is with Goldman Sachs Agency Lending, where she is the co-head of client service and relationship management, and she's been with Goldman Sachs Agency Lending since 2003. Crystal's also on the RMA Securities Lending Executive Committee and has done quite a bit of work for the industry in that capacity. So Crystal... Tell us how you got your start. You've been with Goldman Sachs Agency Lending for many years and obviously within the securities lending for that whole time. So let us know how you got your start, how you originally found your way in, and importantly, how your career has evolved within Goldman Sachs over the years.
2: Thanks, Brooke. So as you mentioned, I started at g back in 2003. At that time, we were Boston Global Advisors, and I started as an intern through the Northeastern University co-op program. I spent six months working on the client service team and learning about the securities lending business, then got a job offer to join the team full-time as an analyst after graduation. And I've been with the business ever since. I'd say my first few years with g it was a bit more of kind of a back office role within the client service group. I focused heavily on reporting and analytics, creating reports, presentations for clients and internal Internal management, transitioned to a more client-facing role, managing our U.S. lending relationships. Then in 2012, my manager retired and I was named co-head of the relationship management team. Today, I continue to manage our U.S. lending relationships. I'm also heavily involved in the sales process, helping to grow our business, both with external clients and existing clients. I'm heavily involved in a number of strategic initiatives and then product development within our agency lending business. I'd say on paper, my story probably seems a bit boring and uneventful having spent my entire career all within the same business. But I think the experience of it really has been anything but. Securities lending industry, as I think kind of many listeners would attest to, is one that is continuously evolving so much here in my 19 years. And I feel like there's still a lot for me to learn and a lot to accomplish, which is probably you know, more than anything what keeps me here year after year. I do think it's important, especially when you're in a role for a number of years to take on and look for stretch assignments wherever you can. I remember vividly getting an email as I was preparing to come back to work from my first maternity leave. And you know it was right when the final Basel III capital rules were coming out and I get this email from my manager Days leading up to my return. They're excited to have me return. And when I come back, I'm going to dive into the new capital rules and analyze the potential impact it would have to our business. And there was a 900 plus page document from the Federal Register attached to this email to get familiar with. I'll tell you, I was in tears when I got that email. You know, I'm a relationship manager. I've always been kind of on the relationship side. I'm not a regulatory person, nor did I have any interest in diving into regulations. You know, this wasn't something I had raised my hand for or expressed interest in. I wanted to get back into the office, reconnect with my clients and get back to my old routine, my comfort zone. It was really hard. But in hindsight, I look back and I see that project as a bit of a defining moment in my career. It allowed me to progress further and get involved in a number of strategic projects that I'm not sure I necessarily would have gotten tapped for without that experience. It gave me exposure to a number of people within our broader organization that I typically wouldn't interact with. The experience really opened my eyes to how moving outside of your comfort zone, even when it's uncomfortable, and a lot of times it is, really can be key in progressing in your career. And I think kind of recognizing that now, I now look for these opportunities where I can. You know, I'll jump right in when a new rule or proposal comes out. It's not that I enjoy reading lengthy legal or regulatory documents, but I recognize that there's an opportunity that it creates. I'd also say on that point, I think it's really important for people to find their area of expertise, regardless of how big or small it is. I think establishing yourself as a subject matter expert and go-to person on a topic can be really helpful in progressing your career and developing a broader network. I think Women in Securities Finance really helps showcase that point and you know it provides access to a network of a number of really smart and accomplished women in our industry. And I've been so grateful to be part of the group and, and the connections I've made through it.
0: That's amazing, Crystal. I love the story of how you found your way into becoming your firm's regulatory expert and your willingness to read through a 900-page document. My guess was, is all of your colleagues with you not yet back in the office sort of went around and easily identified the person not in the room as the one to be able to get the opportunity to read that document. But I think that's amazing and obviously has benefited you very well in terms of, as you know, expanding beyond sort of your traditional role and given you opportunities, both within your own firm and organization, but also probably allowed you to create much greater connections and stronger connections in the industry. And probably is much of the reason too, why your involvement with RMA is so significant these days on a personal level, which is fantastic. So that's great. Thanks, Crystal.
1: All right, Brooke, you've heard both of our stories. Now you need to take your podcast host hat off and tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: So similar to Crystal, I too have been with my organization for my entire career, having joined right after I graduated university, which was 22 years ago now. And when I joined, eSec Lending had not formed yet. So I always like to say it was pre-birth and the experience was in every way a true startup. At the time, the job market was very strong and I had other more traditional job opportunities that I was considering, but I was incredibly intrigued by the concept of starting something new from nothing and seeing what might happen. And I had no idea what securities lending was, so what could go wrong, right? As a startup, I knew enough to know that the business may or may not survive But I had just gotten married and my husband had started a job at IBM, so I figured I didn't have anything to lose. It would either work out or I'd just get another job in six months. It turned out Isak Lending worked out very well, thankfully. We were incredibly lucky to start the business with a major asset owner as our founding client, which in hindsight was a major factor likely contributing to our ability to succeed. I loved working for a startup. I loved wearing all of the many hats. I also loved knowing that everything I put into it would be what I could get out of it. I began in marketing in those early days. And then over time, I gravitated towards sales, supporting early on our senior leaders and prospecting meetings. And then when I was ready for it, I myself traveled the world as a salesperson for our business. And over time, as we had success in bringing on new clients, I shifted into a client management role as those clients that I had gotten to know well and established trust with, they then needed ongoing servicing. So it was a natural progression. And so for many years now, I have managed our global client relationships and relationship managers that oversee each client program. I still love marketing and generating new ideas and thinking about things differently. And I also enjoy staying involved in the sales process, but ultimately client management is definitely closest to my heart. And I still love what I do after all these years, working for an entrepreneurial firm was definitely what kept me going in those early years. But the beauty is that we've been able to maintain that entrepreneurial spirit as an organization. And so that's still what keeps me interested and keeps me excited here, even today, this many years later. I will tell you that when I started day one, I would have never imagined still being with this organization this many years later, but I am incredibly thankful for the opportunities I've had along the way, and especially the opportunity to build something over time developing relationships with clients, nurturing clients and everything else that went into it. And I feel very fortunate and lucky to have had the career that I've had thus far.
1: Brooke, I love your story. It's really interesting to think about the fact that you and Crystal have both been in the same companies, the same industry since you've graduated from school. And here I am 15 years into this industry. It must be just how dynamic and interesting that it is that keeps us here. You also heard some advice that the two of us would have. What would you give as advice to our listeners today?
0: One thing that I've always said to people that I've worked closely with, I think that they probably might recognize it and things that we've discussed in the past. But first of all, being a team player is... I think one of the most important things you can do in life, not everyone is because we've all worked with a lot of people that are very career-minded themselves and want to make sure that they are always positioning themselves in the best way at all times. And while that's great and admirable, at the end of the day, I think that being a team player and working well with others, ultimately that's going to get an organization further along. And while it might not always highlight you individually and your particular contributions as much as you otherwise could, I just think that there's a lot more good that can be created from having a strong team. And so that's one thing that I really try to talk to people that I work with about and instill in others is your willingness to support people, your willingness to do the big tasks, but also the small tasks and everything in between. And to not get to a point in your career where you're too experienced or you're too senior to do the small stuff, because sometimes it's the small stuff that you realize what you might be able to fix or what you might be able to improve upon or how you might be able to teach someone to do something differently or to help them to be more efficient in their role. So, you know, I really think that having a positive team mindset as well as being willing to raise your hand and do anything and everything is always so important in many roles and to take responsibility too, and to not sort of say, oh, well, that's in a different silo or that's a different organization. Because at the end of the day, we're all working for one company and ultimately we're all working for the clients that we support. And so really getting involved and helping others across teams and across functional areas, I think, is crucial in not just someone's own career progression, but sort of the success of an organization that then ultimately I think helps to highlight the success of the individuals. And the last thing I want to leave our listeners with, and I don't know if it falls into the category of advice or just perspective on life and professional careers. But for so long and it really sort of ties back to why I value this group women in securities finance so much and why I've put so much effort into, you know, working with everyone else to really make it into something valuable for the industry and legitimate is I spent really the vast majority of my career having a feeling whether it was just my perception of myself or whether it was reality having a feeling that I was too young, too female, too blonde, or any other labels that might fall into similar types, categories. I remember for years dressing to make sure that I was taken seriously. I remember wearing glasses before I probably really needed to wear glasses. Now I really need my glasses, but I remember for years putting on glasses for my professional meetings because I felt that people took me a little bit more seriously when I had glasses on than if I didn't. And I know that's ridiculous, but it's true. And while my direct coworkers and colleagues were always incredibly supportive, I remember for years turning up to industry conferences and almost seeing people's faces and watching them underestimate me. I don't know how much of that was just in my own mind, or perhaps maybe it was because I worked for an organization that, you know, wasn't sort of one of the established big name businesses and was a bit different and more of a new entrant into the market. But I always felt like I was on an island. I always felt like I was trying to be one of the guys when I wasn't one of the guys. I always felt like I was trying to be older and portray myself with more years of experience than I really had. And now, of course, fast forward, and now, you know, I'm, I'm sort of wishing I didn't have to wear my glasses all the time and wishing I could have fewer years under my belt. But ultimately, what really changed for me, to be honest, was women in securities finance. It wasn't until then that I felt like outside of the friends that I had within my organization and my sort of client network, I didn't have any other industry contacts or friends or people that I would go to. And of course there's acquaintances, there's hello, how are you at an industry event? But now with with women in securities finance, I now turn up places and I feel comfortable. I feel like I belong. I feel like I have people that I can relate to. You know, and I don't feel like I'm on an island anymore. And that is huge. That changes the confidence that someone can have in themselves dramatically. And I think it gives people real purpose and energy for what they do. And that's wonderful. So again, I'm very thankful to Women in Securities Finance for giving me the opportunity to do so much to support the group, but also, frankly, just the opportunity to really probably turn the page to a new chapter in my career. That is very much one now of an empowered mindset. And I've always had a lot of confidence in life, but my confidence level is so much greater and stronger now having this as a foundation for my professional career. So thank you.
2: Wow. I love that
1: advice. I particularly love how authentic you are and honest you are about how you felt and changed and developed throughout your career. But really what resonates the most with me is your comments around women in securities finance. I think all of us here in Boston share that sentiment and really appreciate not only the friendships that we have generated, just getting to know each other through the membership here, but more importantly, the empowerment that it's given us. Being able to just know that we have each other's backs, knowing that we'll see each other at conferences and being able to leverage each other's expertise. That's not something I personally had before I got involved in women's securities finance, before I got involved as a chapter lead and before I was able to get to know all of you better. So I share that sentiment, Brooke. I really am so appreciative of the friendships and the empowerment that you all have given me through the years.
0: Thanks so much, Marnie. I really appreciate that. I want to take the time today to thank our listeners for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed hearing the stories that we shared today and that you took away something useful from this episode. Please stay tuned for our final episode that we'll release in the next week or so. The next episode will be with our New York chapter, and it will be our final in the mini series installment with our global tri-chairs of Women in Securities Finance. If you do not already subscribe to this podcast, please make sure to do so wherever you get your podcasts. And otherwise, please tune into other content from Women in Securities Finance, either by following us on our LinkedIn page or the Women in Securities Finance website. Thank you so much for listening.